Yes. Well, welcome to or welcome back to TBN. Yeah, we've gone through a lot of changes on this here stream. Used to be a live call-in show. Haven't mentioned that in a while. I felt like I just wanted to mention it. Two glorious weeks. Two glorious weeks of the live call-in show. It was like one month of the live call-in show. Um, but welcome to TBN. What we do over here nowadays, you guys, is we just kind of unpack some news as it relates to the world of vaping, what we do, tobacco, tobacco control, tobacco harm reduction, nicotine, smoking, cigarettes, policy, science, and the such as. I am your bad libertarian, freedom-loving host, Grim Green, now joined by my far-left fact-checker. It's Danielle Jones. Hi, Danielle Jones. Oh, howdy. Welcome to the party, pal. Oh, thanks. Did you see this oh, nice. Cliff Douglas thing? Oh, I'm so excited about it's this. A, this is a big deal. This is a big, 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 big deal. Big deal. Couldn't not talk about it. Uh, really excited to talk about it. We're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into it. And uh, it's gonna. I'm, I'm going to prevent myself from just reading the whole thing. Because top to bottom, it's just so great. But I'm yeah, gonna I mean, it, it, what if we just traded? What if we have story time and like story you read a time? paragraph and then I'll read a paragraph <laughs> and then you read a paragraph? It's good. It, well, shit, maybe. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. We're going to I'm going to read large portions of it and basically like the whole end of it. It's, it's just like I'm just going to read the whole end of it because it's so great. But uh, this is a uh, tobacco control veteran. He's been in the tobacco control space you know, essentially his entire life. We'll go over his credentials when we get there. But uh, this is a big deal coming from this person. And uh, it's it's a real, like, I like calling it a manifesto because it's a real, like, I don't know. It's a lot of, like, just truths put out there. He's basically like, yeah. you're fucking this up. Like, yeah. for lack of a better term, he's basically like, look around. Like, what are you doing? You're fucking this up, essentially. We're going to get there when we get there because it's fantastic. Uh, I had a few yep. other little weird newsy things that I wanted to mention. Uh, there's something from New Zealand I wanted to mention. A little bit of news out of the UK I wanted to mention. Uh, our very, Of course, we're going to mention, uh, let's mention the Casa podcast real quick. Alex Jones and uh, Mr. Logan Exhales. Not, Jones, not Alex Jones. Alex you Clark. Last Damn time it. Too. There Alex are no Clark. frogs or gay or otherwise on this podcast, you guys. Ah, one of these days. I can't. I don't know what it is. Alex Jones. I'm Jones. He's Clark. He's Alex. Alex freaking Clark from Casa. Dang it. <laughs> Alex Clark and Logan Exhales. They do the Casa podcast. Uh and it's wonderful. They're both they're both great, funny, knowledgeable dudes, and it's a real enjoyable podcast to listen to. I'll throw a link down in the description to where you can check it out. And there is still, if I'm not mistaken, the feedback for the USPS is still going yep. on, Danielle Jones. Yeah, that comment period is still open. So if you have not done it yet, please do it. Yeah, do it. And it's going to both. Don't forget, it's both. Two-parter. Two-parter. It's a big two-parter. My second part goes to people that, I've contacted a, a trillion times in the past. And, you know, I still do it because it's like we've talked about. There needs to be a record of that. There needs to be a record of how many times did Nick Green email Diane Feinstein through a Casaw right. call to action? Oh, like dozens, right. dozens and dozens of times. How many times has Danielle Jones, you know? So it sometimes feels like, damn it, I would just love a response back or you get those canned responses back. 
but you have to remember there's a record of this and that's why uh that's why I like to do the CASA calls to action. So uh, we'll put a link to those definitely in the description because we're kind of just on this countdown stage right now. I know. And it's mm-hmm. weird being in a countdown stage with so much up in the air still with yeah. USPS, not even sure what the final rules of this are even going to, to look right. like. Still actively soliciting comments like, how would how should we best do this, you guys? Kind of asking for that feedback, and then uh, April twenty sixth seems to be like the. That's it. That's that's the last day that anybody's really going to be shipping anything. So yeah, the, the confusing part is there's two deadlines. So there's a deadline for when the PAC Act regulations begin, and then there's the deadline by which USPS has to stop shipping. And those okay. are two separate deadlines. Okay. Um, but the thing that you kind of have to realize for vape manufacturers is that the earliest one still matters, right? So the PAC Act one comes first, and it's actually at the end of this month. It's either the 26th or the 27th of March. Okay. And realistically... Um, USPS will still accept shipments until the end of April, but because PACT Act regulations begin at the end of this month, you're still going to see if your online vendors are shutting down, they're going to be shutting down at the end of this month because while you can still use USPS, you have to start doing all the insane regulations that we've talked about. And that's the part that companies, a lot of them, small and medium-sized ones anyway, are not able to follow, basically. That involves, you know, we've been over this multiple times, but that involves, you know, collecting taxes for every single state, sending consumer information and purchase information to every single state every month, every, like all of this stuff that they just, they don't have the bandwidth, the wherewithal, the money, the team, the whatever to do. It's crazy ATF regulations. Yeah, it's so purposefully prohibitive. Purposefully prohibitive. Right. Realistically, while you are still going to be able to mail packages until the end of April, you're going to see a lot of shops shutting down this month because the PAC Act stuff, it's, it's like a two-part problem. Both of them are equally like difficult. Yes. In my opinion, the PAC Act ones are harder and worse because there are right these like shipping solutions popping up potentially. We've seen sure. a lot of this like vape X freight shipper. Yeah, yeah vape, vape freight. freight. X is the one that I believe X, like yeah. Jewel is using. Yeah. Um, I know that um, there have been some emails going out from bigger companies like Giant Vapes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that they will be able to continue shipping at least in some Capacity. portion. And it sure. sounds like a lot of them are using this X one. So there are a I've few, heard, uh, you know. Yeah, I've heard a few different shipping. I've heard that there's, you know, and this is unsubstantiated, just rumors right now. I've heard from people who've heard from people who heard from a guy who heard from other people that there's some larger vendors that are working with FedEx basically saying, look how much business we do with you. Mm-hmm. Look how gigantic we are. I mean, multi-million dollar distribution companies and things like this that are working with FedEx to like, hey, let's carve out, look how much business we do with you type of thing. And I'm not saying that yeah. to like get people's hopes up or whatever, but there is this sort of capitalist business side to this where FedEx can't just go, I'm going to cut off this business sector completely and not feel a sting from it at all. Right. Of course, they're going to feel the sting from it. At the end of the day, you know, as much as they want to wear their white hats and ban nicotine shipments, they run a business. Right. 
and large companies do lots of business with FedEx and UPS. So there's some, uh, you know, some room probably, hopefully, to carve out in there as well. But yeah, I'll have a link in the description for the calls to actions. Also want to mention, nope, not that. That was just, uh, this is uh, the real cost Twitter profile. <laughs> there's no such thing as safe tobacco. Don't worry, we're going to talk about that in a second. I wanted to, where's my rights for vapors? Yeah, Canada. Where's Canada? Are there any Canadians in the house? Pam, you out there? Gator? For all my Canadians, get hooked up with Rights for Vapors. I uh, did a little bit more of a deep dive. I reached out to someone that I know in Canada. You remember Mike Smiderman, Danielle Jones? Yeah, Mike Smiderman up there in Canada. He's been... Love Mike. Love Mike. He's such a great dude. And he's such and a... He, he does the best, like... Uh... In, uh, impressions yes have you heard his like impression his like voice i love his impressions he's oh, a, he's man. hilarious he's hilarious i've not laughed as hard as i have sometimes at mike smiter causing it and uh so i was talking to him recently he just popped up on like marco polo and we started talking about canadian advocacy and he really really likes rights for vapors um he's running the advocacy game hard up there we were talking about different things that are happening in nova scotia or the ontario area and so I think that Rights for Vapors is a great organization. And if you're in Canada, they're still pushing for that 20 milligram cap. I think the comment period is over, but you should still you should still get hooked up with uh, with Rights for Vapors. Uh, had something I wanted to mention. I just want to, whenever I can give praise to Lindsay Stroud, I like to give praise to Lindsay Stroud. She wrote a piece, an op-ed piece here for The Center Square, which is a publication I'm not super familiar with. Upon digging into them, it seems to be just like a news media outlet. It's like, we report on politics. It's like, oh, okay. Seems pretty straightforward. And uh, Lindsey Stroud wrote this great op-ed piece about Bloomberg's anti-tobacco campaign in the Philippines. I think it was, was this on TBN, Danielle? Like a few weeks ago, we were talking about Bloomberg may have broken some international. Yeah, it was, I think it was like, a, a few weeks ago, but yeah, we were talking ago? about Yeah, Bloomberg may have broken some uh, international uh, laws by pushing his World Health Organization tobacco control uh, framework in the country of the Philippines. And uh, there was this quote, there's this little blip here I wanted to read. The funding from Bloomberg presents a major conflict of interest in a country that has long been hostile to the adult use of alternative nicotine products. Indeed, in November 2019, uh, Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte... Duterte, I'm not saying that right. Duterte, President Rodrigo Duterte announced. Wait, is it is it like Spanish? It's, it's no, it's Philippines. No, it's Philippines. It's Duterte. Du, du, I feel like Duterte. Maybe Duterte. Duterte. Someone from is Duterte? anybody in the chat from the I Philippines? We really need some help here. Anyway, announced a nationwide ban on both the use and importation of e-cigarettes. He also also authorized the arrest of persons vaping in public. In February 2020, President Duterte signed an executive order that banned vaping in public and enclosed spaces and created regulations on e-cigarettes and other new tobacco products. And, I mean, look, let's be honest. This guy, President Rodrigo, he, he is a dictator. He's a dictator. 
So at the very least, if you're caught vaping in public, you'll get thrown in prison. And I feel like at the very worst, he's a dictator. So shout out to Lindsey Stroud for uh, keeping Bloomberg Philanthropies and World Health Organization honest. I'll throw a link to this down in the description. It's a really, really well-written article. I did see some super chats pop in. Rising Phoenix Vapor, he said, join Kassan, and get involved, fam. Much love and appreciation. Appreciate Do it, you. and you're cool. Don't listen to Do what anyone else cool. on the internet says. Join Kassa. Yeah, if, if people are shit-talking Kassa, I'll... It's whatever. I'll fight you. You don't get to shit talk this out over here. I'll throat punch them. Yeah, okay. throat punches. I'll just throw some haymakers. Fuck YouTube. Time for my favorite show. Woo! Is this really your favorite show? I love that. Dave Lloyd, that's very gracious of you. Hello, Grim. Legion Vapes sent me. Where's Legion Vapes? Legion Vapes sent me too. Shout out to Legion Vapes. Uh, Johnny, that's very gracious of you. Hey, Nick and Danielle, with everything going on with this ban, should I can be concerned about stocking up on 18650s and other such batteries? Thanks for okay. everything you do. I have thoughts on this. This is a really good question. I have thoughts. Now, obviously, these are thoughts and they're not like solid in the ground, like this is what's going to happen. Sure. But sure. I... I believe that if you are purchasing batteries, which can, which are used way outside of the vape industry, right? That is not an exclusive vape product. 18650s are used for a lot of things. Flashlights, all right, the, exactly. tons of things. So Teslas. If you're purchasing, right. If you're purchasing batteries specifically from a website that is not vape related, like that's what I do. Mm -hmm. I buy from like a battery website, right. not, you know, giant vapes or whoever it is. I am our batteries. I think that those are going to be fine. Yeah. If the website is a non vape yes. related website, I don't, you know, they're not going to get cracked down on because they don't have anything to do with the industry. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody buys their products and uses it, you know, for purposes unintended by the manufacturer, as we all know that this is basically, then they can't do anything about that. So I personally think that battery websites that are completely non-vape related are probably going to be fine. I don't see, you know, because if if that were part of this, you'd see all these other industries coming out of the woodwork. Like, wait a minute, what the hell? You yeah, know what I mean, if, 100 percent. If, um, if this was going to shut down, you know, batteries are us um, that you'd Is hear that from website? them. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that's going to still be available I, personally. I, I think what thought. you won't see, uh, and I definitely agree. I think if you're buying from a third-party battery uh, supplier, it's whatever. You're fine. For all intents and purposes, you could be buying those for your flashlights or for your laser pointers or for whatever. So if you order from like IMR batteries, sure, I think you'll be fine. What I think you won't see anymore is probably online retailers selling batteries. Right, like vape retailers. Vape retailers selling batteries. I think that's not not going to be. Uh, I think that's not going to be a thing anymore. That's one thing, Johnny. I'll tell you this. That's one thing with all of the vape ban mail nonsense that I've heard. I've never worried about eighteen six fifties or batteries. It's just one thing I've never worried about. Yeah. I, th I don't think you have anything to worry about, Brandon. That's very gracious of you. I highly recommend you both watch Requiem for the American Dream by Noam Chomsky. I am uh, familiar. With Noam Chomsky, I didn't know Requiem for an American Dream. Is this a movie, Brandon, that we need to be checking out here? Let's see. Let's Google search for Requiem for the American Dream. Okay. It appears to be a 2015 documentary. Docs, mm. I'm in. I'm in. I like documentaries. I love a good doc, Brandon. I'm into it. Uh, Johnny, that's very gracious of you. Does this PACT Act BS mean that the wonderful 75% tax on vapor products would have been paid even if I found 
someone to ship to Massachusetts would have been paid even if I found someone to miss ship them to Massachusetts? No. I don't I think, think I understand the question. Um, so the vendor wouldn't be taking on that tax if that's what you're asking. The PACT Act, I don't know. Well, the, How does the PACT, the PACT Act work with? The PACT Act regulated by the, so ATF for the purposes of the PACT Act basically acts like a bouncer for taxes, for tobacco taxes. They're the enforcer for all state, local, tribal, municipal, county, city, town, all of it taxes. So if you're going to try to comply with the PAC Act, that means as a manufacturer, no matter where you are located, if, okay, Nick, you're, you're the manufacturer and I'm, I'm the, the manufacturer. Let's say I live in Nebraska. Cool. So you're the manufacturer and I place an order in Nebraska and let's pretend because I have no freaking clue. Let's do, let's pretend that Nebraska has a 75% tax or whatever. Sure. Nick has to make sure that that tax is paid if he wants to ship to me. And if I'm in California, he has to do it for there too. And if I'm in Hawaii, he has to do it for that. No matter where I am, uh. Nick is responsible for tracking the taxes, knowing what it is, registering with that tax agency, sending them all of my personal information about the order and paying the tax every single month. Ah. Uh. So I'm not sure if that answers his question or not, but all taxes everywhere must be paid if you're going to comply with the tax act or the PAC Act. PAC Act. <sighs> this is confusing. This is ridiculous. Joe, listen, Joe, sorry, you can take off. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, we're just trying to help people who might not understand things as well as you do, Joe. And it looks like you got a, a pretty good grip on, on everything that we're talking about, Joe. So just... Calm down, pipe down. We're just trying to help some people out. Cool? Cool. I appreciate that. I appreciate your feedback. Um, we had another super chat from uh, Benjamin. J appreciate it, Benjamin. You didn't say nothing. You didn't have to. Really appreciate it. Um, I wanted to call out Mowgli Vapes because I see him in my chat all the time, and he made a great post on Facebook. He just said, fuck it. Everybody has questions about freezing nicotine. What kind of bottles? Kurt Kistler the university chemistry professor answered any nicotine questions you could think of on ECF between 2013 and 2016. You can search ECF for his posts. He wrote, here is a Kurt classic. And Kurt wrote, I mean, way back in 2009, but it was updated in 2016 about like long-term nicotine storage. And this is all on ECF. In fact, finding this long-term nicotine storage thread made me uh, reset my ECF password. And I logged back into ECF as Grim Green for the first time in like, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. When was the last time I logged into ECF? Couldn't even tell you. 2011, maybe? 2012, right. maybe? But uh, yeah, so this came from Kurt, who was a professor uh is was i wasn't familiar with kurt uh, when i was on ecf this might have been before or after my time on ecf rather but uh what was his name kurt kister yeah he was a university chemistry professor and he's got a real long in-depth sort of guide to uh freezing your nick and he talks I about it, yeah. his experiences with it it's really interesting he talks about keeping uh vg nick he said, in a well-sealed glass container in the freezer for six and a half years, mm -hmm. completely unchanged. Mm -hmm. Six and a half years. 
I feel like that's, I mean, that's kind of incredible. And he goes into like lots of details, like, well, in plastic, this is what happened. It oxidized in the freezer. He talks about using PG Nick and VG Nick and exposing it to air and uh, what oxidizing nicotine is and what the process of it is and what mm -hmm. causes it and how freezing it will slow that reaction down. So even if your Nick starts going bad, you can put it in the freezer and make it last a little bit longer because it'll slow really really very interesting stuff all things considered especially with the vape mail ban and the such as happening right now i feel like maybe some people stocking up on nick wouldn't be such a bad idea i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble if i link this into the into the the, the chat i don't think so it's just to ecf right i won't get in trouble i hope not i don't i don't think so i don't think so you can freeze pre so he talks about that, Futhless Rucker. Futhless asked, uh, can you freeze pre-mixed liquids like from shops? Um, he, he mentions that. He talks about it. He, he actually doesn't have any experience with that. He says, I've never purchased uh, e-liquid with flavorings from, a, from an online retailer. The, this original post was from 2009. You got to remember that. Updated in 2016. But he even gives links to like bottles and vg that he uses and i don't know i just thought this was really really uh helpful and i want to shout out to mowgli vapes for bringing it up to my attention on facebook and uh i don't know it's just kind of fun and weird being on uh ecf again after all of these years let's see what else we had a good segue in chat if you want to talk about that um the how the vape since we've been talking about the vape mail ban mm -hmm. how it reverberates internationally ah. someone in chat just asked about that uh, yeah i did have uh, i did have something about that yeah this u.s vape mail ban reverberates that's that's what they use reverberates internationally and basically what's happening here and i'm not going to sit here and read this whole article but all of these uk vendors uh, and you know retailers are basically saying what like they did this thing in the u.s and it passed and then so fedex and ups followed suit based on u.s legislation and so right. they're not just following suit in the u.s this is spreading to the uk where vaping is safe regulated legal accessible and now right. it's impacting those businesses as well because they can't do business with fedex because of u.s laws it's right. uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, he says uh, this is from who is who is speaking now? Who is speaking? Who is this person? Richard Russell, who's the operations manager at Vape Distribution. Uh, no, this is John Duane, director general at the UK Via. What's UK Via? I feel like I've seen that. UK via, he says that the, the vaping supply chain is a global one, uh, bringing together resources and expertise from around the world. And he said, it's bitterly disappointing to see these American restrictions having a negative impact in the UK, but the nature of the supply chain makes it inevitable. And in the European Union too, we're hearing about vape businesses being turned away from major carriers. And, uh, as far as I know, I would say submit comments to USPS or reach out to, I mean, or not submit comments. Yeah. UPS and FedEx, basically. Yeah, if you're I mean, a, that's part of, because UPS and FedEx did this voluntarily, right? Volu they chose to do that. Completely voluntarily. Completely And my voluntarily. understanding is this company policy 
while it originated due to legislation in the US, my understanding is that their policy is global. Like they're not just not shipping for the United States. Yes. My understanding is they're not shipping period anywhere. Yeah. Anything. I think that, I mean, that would make sense going along with this, this article. Yep. And so some PSS in chat asked earlier, like, is this going to affect, you know, shipping internationally? And the answer is yes, not necessarily the PACT Act part, because again, that's about taxes and you know, that's about federal U S domestic taxes. We love our taxes. <laughs> so, there's no, to my understanding, there's no tax, you know, mm -hmm. issue with um, shipping out of the country because, you know, the U.S. doesn't enforce other people's taxes or whatever. Right. Um, but the problem is the carriers. Right. And it's more than that. I mean, the problem is the regulations happening in the U.S. causing a lot of vape businesses to close or shut down online or restrict what they're doing because we, the United States is a major supplier of vapor products globally, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there are obviously companies elsewhere, but we have a lot in the United States. And so that, you know, any hampering of the industry that happens here reverberates elsewhere, right? And yep. the inability to ship, you know, if I can't use FedEx or UPS, um, or, you know, DHL or whoever it is to ship internationally, how do I get my packages? So there are still effects that are going to be felt globally from this, even though it's largely a United States thing. So not from the PAC Act specifically, but from shipping regulations. I think the only thing, yes, exactly from shipping regulations. And I think the only thing that's going to solve anything is it has to be up to the businesses in the UK to confront or reach out to FedEx and UPS on the matter. This this guy from the UVIK, he just says, I call on the distribution industry, many of whom have been partnering with the vape industry for many, many years to do all they can to support UK customers and to avoid the blanket implementation of US restrictions worldwide. Furthermore, I would call on the UK government to ensure that carriers in this country are free to, to continue delivering vaping products to retailers and direct to consumers and to resist any urge to follow down this U.S. regressive route. Wow. Harsh. And true. Harsh it words. is regressive. It is, com it is completely, completely regressive. But yeah, it's uh, reverberating internationally. And you know, like, like we said earlier, FedEx and UPS are private businesses. So the UK businesses and maybe even I don't know if the UK government's going to get involved. And I mean, because that directly affects the health of their citizens. Yeah, right. I, I mean, mean, they anybody are that wants to get involved should get they involved are in this. cheerleaders of vaping and right. they want their citizens vaping instead of smoking. So if a private company is going to come in and go, well, we're not going to do that. Mm. What you know what? I don't know. I'm not I'm yeah. never in favor of more government interference. I think this should be sorted out between FedEx and the private businesses that FedEx does private business with and not uh, not need the government involved. I'll put a link down in the description. And the consumers too. And, well, sure, yes, and the consumers. Yes, and, and the consumers have a stake in this. I think that, sure, and the consumers. There's no reason. They can put pressure on they companies can absolutely to do, vote with your wallet. Vote don't with your wallet. Don't ship with them anymore. Yep. You know, there are, there, this is capitalism, right? Capitalism, it. it's true. You, consumers have all the power in capitalism, all the power. And businesses especially have kind of a lot of power, especially in dealing with other businesses. And that's why you can see United States companies turning to FedEx and going, look how much business we do with you. Really? You're, we're just going to cut this off or is there any room to negotiate? Turns out when there's money on the table, there's always room to negotiate. 
always room to negotiate. So yeah, it's whatever. I'll put a link down in the description. That was from uh, the Tobacco Reporter. They just show up in my Google notifications all the time now because they're the only ones really reporting regularly on this uh, vape mail ban, this regressive vape mail ban. I'll put a link down there in the description. Um, I think it's time to get to this main topic of Cliff Douglas. Let me hydrate real quick and check for some super chats. How's everybody doing? Good? No, we ended off with Benjamin. All right. Everybody in chat, you doing good? Tyler, Nephron, you doing good? Addy Tooney, I appreciate you being here. Fuffless, appreciate you being here. <sighs> okay. Let's get ready to talk again, Nick, for like at least another half hour, maybe longer than that. We'll see how long this takes us because this is, this is an historic moment. I believe this to be, I, I think in the future, we're going to look back at the Cliff Douglas Manifesto as like one of the catalysts for really starting to turn around the discussion of using electronic cigarettes and vapor products for adults for smoking cessation. We've been talking about this for, for years and years, and there's been this big divide between public health and tobacco harm reduction advocates and the such as. And Cliff Douglas, who Cliff Douglas posted posted this tweet not that long ago, and this is kind of what kicked it all off on March 4th. He says, to my friends on both sides of the internecine internecine divide over tobacco harm reduction, I am pleased to share my brief personal commentary calling for collaboration, honesty, and integrity on the part of all stakeholders. Please feel free to share it. Thank you. Just mysterious link to a Google Drive. This right. is an incredible document. I've read it at least 150 times now. And as we were kind of discussing earlier, probably would have been better off as like a New York Times op-ed. I mean, that would have been something dope. published, right? Something yeah. published. Scientific Not just American. That lives on someone's uh, private Google Drive. Yeah, Scientific American, Nature Magazine, or something. something. New York yeah. Times, New York Post, Washington, something. Time, I don't know. Yeah. Someone could have picked this up. I want everyone to read this. I really want everyone to read this. And what this, what the title of this, and I'm just going to keep calling it a manifesto because I think that's just cool. It's time to act with integrity and end the internecine warfare. Damn it. I said internecine, right? And messed up warfare. What's yep. next? Medical particles? It is time to act with integrity and end the internecine warfare over e-cigarettes. We're going to have a link down in the description to where you can read this all for yourself, but we're kind of going to give you like a little bit of a deep dive Cliff Notes version of it. So who, who even is Cliff Douglas? Why do we care about Cliff Douglas? Well, he goes over all of this in the paper, but he's been doing this for 33 years. He's worked in the in the tobacco control space uh, in yes. 1988. 88. He was the associate director of the National Coalition on Smoking and Health uh, that was founded by, ding, ding, Matt Myers from Campaign mm -hmm. for Tobacco-Free Kids, who was his former mentor. Matt Myers right. was was his former mentor. Uh, he, you know, he was an advisor to the Surgeon General. He was an advisor to the uh, health, uh, health director, assistant 
Secretary of Health under the Obama administration. He's worked for the American Cancer Society. He was the vice president of tobacco control. He founded and directed their center for tobacco control. He's been at this a really, really very long time. I mean, tax hikes and and anything that has happened to tobacco cigarettes, he has been an opponent of tobacco cigarettes basically his his entire career. His entire career, he's been an opponent of tobacco cigarettes. Right. So, he is definitely, you know, uh, he works with the ants. I'm not going to call yeah. him an ant, no. but he works with all, all of tobacco. Yeah. He is a tobacco control veteran. Veteran of 30 plus year. He says he's, you know, deeply committed to this. He is deeply committed to the mainstream cause of tobacco control. It's something that it is a personal, deeply committed to it. And then he kind of starts this off and says, but I think the national tobacco control community in the U.S., my community, is now letting down tens of millions of adult smokers, their families and friends, healthcare providers, and government decision makers. I refer to my community's approach on dealing with electronic cigarettes. Yeah. He talks about this internecine warfare, which... Internecine is a word I had no idea what it was until I read I this. I had to Google it. I had to Google it. And it's such a good word for this. It's the perfect word for this. And it basically means, look, this is a war that is destructive to both sides of the conflict. We're So lose-lose It's lose-lose all around. We're going to lose. Tobacco control is going to lose. Smokers are really the ones that are going to lose, you know, you know, probably the most. Internecine warfare between warfare. mainstream, you know, tobacco control. He talks about, uh, you know, how tobacco control, modern tobacco control has become hyper-focused on protecting youth, right, from the dangers uh, of, of vaping and, and cigarettes, not so much cigarettes, but definitely the dangers of vaping. And he talks about the harm reduction community um, who we obviously really emphasize vaping for smokers, right? That's, that's our thing. Smokers, yep. if you can't smit, quit or you, you know, you're unwilling to quit nicotine, hi, welcome to vaping. And I wanted to ask you this. What do you think he means by the THR community? Like, is he talking about us, people on Twitter, other doctors? Or It orgs? seems like that to me. I, I would assume that he's talking about the research community, tobacco harm reduction researchers, sure. um, you know, people that we talk about all the time. I, I, he mentions later in the paper advocates. So I think he's talking about all of us. I think he's talking about vapors, researchers who support this, um, you know, organizations like CASA. I think he's talking about everybody. This is a bit, this is like a, this is like a, Hey, everybody just waving right. my arms as, as wide as I can. Like, Hey, everybody, right. tobacco controllers, THR advocates, vapors, lawmakers, politicians, everybody, Yep. everybody listen up. Yep. I think that's really interesting. I think this is really interesting. Um, he he talks about uh, urging everybody in tobacco control to sort of what he calls climb out of the bunker. He's kind of hard on tobacco controllers. He says things like stop shirking the truth when it feels skirting, skirting the tr stop skirting the truth. What did I say? Shirking? Yeah. Is sh Which is also a fancy is word. Is that a word? Could I use it, it interchangeably with skirting, though? 
Um, shirking is like shirking responsibility, like not giving it. Skirting is like Skir going around. Yeah, like so, okay, like almost, but not exactly. Okay, the same. all right. Well, I'll ask Cliff Douglas if I can make an edit to this paper and just see if we can substitute shirking with skirting. Stop skirting the truth when it feels inconvenient, and open your mind and ears to all of the science before us. Huge. That is a huge thing. But he doesn't let everybody off. He, no. he also says, but the same thing goes for like the harm reduction, who bears some responsibility, he says, for the adversarial nature of the relationship, for not consistently acknowledging areas of ambiguity or concern, ready, including significant rates of experimentation with vaping by youth and youth-oriented marketing by some segments of the vape industry. We won't come together if we don't come together. Now, listen, maybe it's... Everyone always has room for improvement. Yes. That is fine. Yes. Um, I'm a little defensive on that. Me I too. Feel like, okay, you know, thank but, you. But, but I would be willing to sit down and, ad and admit No questions some, asked. No questions you know, asked. Sure, no sure. Questions asked. But I feel like the vape community has been pretty hypercritical of like kid-friendly marketing and stuff like that. Definitely. We've been pretty good about policing throughout, ourselves. Dude, Danielle, We've throughout always, all of 2015, all of 2000, like, it was like bad branding, was bad right? marketing, like, bad <laughs> branding, Brad Mark. Like that's all we were calling out. It's like circus cookie. Look at this horrible branding. Look at this horrible right, branding. Right. We've always been hypercritical of any youth-oriented marketing, and I don't know of anybody that has denied significant rates of experimentation. Right, because if you heard it like that, we're all in agreement. That's significant rates of experimentation. Hundred yes, percent. Yes. That's what we've been saying. Millions of addicted <laughs> youth. No, right. we have a problem with that language. If it but... was presented, if the if it was presented by Scott Gottlieb as you know, we're going to get to this, his little, his speech he made about lower nicotine cigarettes. But he, if he had said, ends represent an opportunity for adult smokers to remain combustion-free while still getting their nicotine, but we have to be careful of significant rates of youth experimentation. That would have been a completely different game that we played. Yeah. It would yeah. have set a completely different precedent than there is a youth vaping epidemic being driven exclusively by flavors and youth marketing. And you kind of yeah. go, wait, wait, well, no, wait. That's not true. Wait. And of course we're going to be adversarial, adversarial to flat out lies like that. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm going to defend us a little bit. I'm still willing yeah. to like come to a table and talk with Matt Myers if he wants I to. Will, but I'm also going to fight back on that just a little I'm going to fight back a little bit on that. But at the same time, I'll also go, Okay, fine. Well, that's whatever. That's water sure. in the bridge. Okay. Don't care anymore. Could have done better. Could have done better. Sorry, don't care anymore. What do we do now? Exactly. I will sit at the table with Matt Myers. I have, I don't know. I don't have a place at the table with Matt Myers, no, but I, I will either, but... sit at a table with I Matt would. Myers. Oh, yeah. In fact, I created this. Uh... <laughs> okay, we'll save that for later. We'll save that. <laughs> we'll save my fake campaign for tobacco free kids uh, tweet for later. But sure, we bear some responsibility. And again, it's it's all in how it was presented. And if it was presented in a little bit more factual, consistent of a way other than youth vaping epidemic, we, we probably wouldn't have been so adversarial in nature. And the same thing goes for Ivali. Like as adversarial as we are about the youth vaping epidemic, 
it really s hit the f when evoli happened and vapors who had been pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to evoli it just it fucking exploded well, yeah, and I would argue that, you know, researchers in this area, right, like people that we respect, like like uh, Dr. Brad and like all Brad. of these like super smart researcher guys, yeah. they're never like, you know, they're very professional. They're not adversarial. No. They don't cuss out people on Twitter like some of us do sometimes. Um, they are, you know, very professional. And they're... they are also either blackballed, blacklisted, yes. you know, thrown off the face of the 100%. earth, disregarded. So I would argue that, like, we don't get a lot of attention when we're not adversarial. Yeah. So, yeah. When I we're... mean. Exactly. If you're not, if we don't stand up for ourselves, then we just get exactly like you said, like the same thing happened to Bill Godshaw. You just get steamrolled out of the industry. Bill mm-hmm. Godshaw worked in tobacco control his whole life. As soon as he stood up for vaping, it's like, oh, well, who's got Bill Godshaw? Nobody cares anymore. Yeah, Dr. Michael Siegel, same thing same happened. Exact so, thing. like, I, mm, I have a few bones to pick on that topic, but I would still like to sit at the table and pick them. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would still... <laughs> I would still like to sit at the table and pick them. Um, he all he goes on to mention um, something that Stephen Schroeder wrote during the e-cigarette summit in December fourth of two thousand twenty, called "A Pandemic of Lost Integrity." I just love this. I love this pandemic of lost integrity so much. He says, uh, internal warfare and ideological polarization between those who seek to marginalize or even eradicate e-cigarettes and those who advocate their use for harm reduction in adult smokers. This pandemic misrepresents scientific findings. It misleads the public, the media, and health professionals about the science. And that was from one of his slides, and he spoke at the e-cigarette summit. And I looked a little bit into Stephen. Uh, where where did my page for uh, Professor uh, Professor Schroeder? Yeah, Stephen Schroeder. He's speaking again at the May 2021 e-cigarette summit, the USA Virtual e-cigarette summit. And Stephen Schroeder, he's a professor of health and healthcare. Guess where? Do you know where? Uh, New York. UCSF. Oh, what? Really? Yes, I couldn't believe it. Huh? He works in public health and smoking cessation at UCSF, which if you're not in on the joke, that's where Glance glances all over the place or glanced all over the oh, place for a real guys. long time. Uh, but he also was the president of the Robert J. Wood Foundation, where, you know, he gave out more than $500 million in grant expenditures for the purpose of tobacco control. He's another guy that's been in this a really long time. And I'm not saying that everything he did was great, but it is really spectacular to see him coming around on this sort of uh, pandemic of lost integrity. And, you know, his presentation was called uh, Science, Regulation, and Public Health. Like, integrity is our most important asset. And it's nice to see. It's just, you know. I like to see people standing up. Standing up. And calling a spade a spade even when it's your friend. Right. Ca- exactly. Causing a spade a spade even when it's a friend. So then we get down to, uh, he talks about the American Cancer Society in 2018. Um, he says there was a major report from the Cancer Society in 2018 about recommending vaping. And, and Kassar actually reported on this, right? Right. To, uh, did you want to speak to that? Yeah, they basically, a lot of people may remember this. In 2018, ACS put out sort of a, a 
position statement, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, you know, the, the most glowing recommendation, but it was basically something to the effect of if you can't quit any other way under the sun at all, ever, maybe, maybe, right. It was like, "Eh, maybe, maybe. like it wasn't, you know, it was, I mean, Mm -hmm. for us, that was like a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, wait, what did you say? You know, and a lot of people were like really excited. The problem is, you know, while ACS themselves put out that position statement, um, the Cancer Action Network and their lobbying arm kept lobbying for restrictive, prohibitive, regressive, you know, policies. Right, so, right. you know, the two yep. weren't really talking to each other, so it didn't really make a huge difference in the real world, but they did put that statement out yeah. and said like, well, like, I mean, you could try it if like nothing else works. Yeah. As an absolute, like dead last resort. Last if resort. you have a patient that won't quit any other way than vaping, I guess that's okay. If you let them quit with vaping, I guess as a last resort, I guess. But like for us, Maybe. you know, <laughs> we were like kick puppies. That was the nicest thing that anybody had yeah, ever said to yeah. us. So we were like, what? That wasn't terrible. That wasn't terrible. And so he, you know, he, he mentions that he, he talks about, uh, uh, you know, at, he, this is where he gets to my favorite, even more than the pandemic of lost integrity. What a Trump move that is right there. Did you see this arm movement? Mm-hmm. More than the pandemic of, of lost integrity, more than the pandemic of lost integrity, continuum of risk in nicotine products. He said we should be doing everything possible to educate everyone about the continuum of risk of nicotine products as set forth by the Food and Drug Administration in July 2017 and not sweepingly demonize nicotine, which does not cause the illness suffered by the users of tobacco. Hi. Yes. Wow. Truth Truth spot on. Not. What do you mean? Not sweepingly demonize nicotine. I thought I had a screenshot ready to go for this. Apparently I don't. Not needlessly demonize screen nicotine like when you go to the California Department of Public Health website and it just says nicotine is brain poison. And then they say flavors and nicotine and poison all together, all there together. Flavors, nicotine, poison, needlessly demonizing nicotine. Who's been doing that? It's not just health orgs. It's actually like our own government. And that is so depressing to me. I mean, we talked about this, the real cost, you know, needlessly demonizing nicotine, needlessly calling things tobacco products when there's clear differences and nuance and things to this and things don't, you know, all contain nicotine. But he's true. I mean, he's right. Scott Gottlieb gave a speech. It was one of his first things that he did in 2017, protecting American families, comprehensive approach to nicotine and tobacco control. And it Gottlieb was such a weird guy, wasn't he? I know. He's still a weird guy. He's still such a weird enigma. Like, like, I don't like him, but I also don't hate him, yeah, but I don't like him, I but know. I don't hate him. I have this weird, like, I don't hate you, but I definitely don't like you, but I don't hate you because yeah, sometimes yeah. you say really smart things and sometimes Stop. you say <laughs> other things that don't make a whole mess of sense. He always does that here in my notes. It says uh, he mixes truth and then like not exactly truth. Yeah. You know, like it's a lot of truth, but not exactly truth. And Scott Gottlieb in this talked about the continuum of risk. He was also at that time still pushing like a really hard vaping gateway effect that never really panned out. 
he was really, really pushing hard on the gateway effect. And, you know, that whole truth and not exactly truth, he keeps saying things like, well, nicotine is astonishingly addictive. That's what he said. Astonishingly addictive. But from that speech, Scott Gottlieb said, we must recognize the potential for innovation to lead to less harmful products, which under FDA's oversight could be part of the solution. While there's still much research to be done on these products and the risks they may pose, they may also present benefits that we must consider. FDA's investment in regulatory science will eventually answer many of those benefit and risk questions. Armed with the recognition of the risk continuum, and the reality that all roads lead back to cigarettes as the primary cause of our current problem, we need to envision a world where cigarettes lose their addictive potential through reduced nicotine levels and a world where less harmful alternative forms efficiently delivering satisfying levels of nicotine are available for those adults who need or want them. Good Lord, literally everything he said there, I completely 100% agree with. I do think it's weird that he keeps pushing low nicotine cigarettes above vapor products. Like they're, they both are harm reduction things. And yes, there is science on very low nicotine cigarettes. And like, I don't know, man, I don't think a, I agree there, that low, very low is, nicotine is a harm reduction product because nicotine isn't oh, the harmful thing. Remember? Right. All the other shit is. But and the idea is cigarettes. that you wouldn't get addicted to cigarettes to begin with. That you would try it and pass, uh, right? So th there is some science on this. Look, I was a hard. I'm trying not to have a confirmation bias here. We'll talk. We'll talk about confirmation bias in a second. I'm trying not to have a confirmation bias with this, but there is science that shows over enough time, at population levels, it does reduce smoking. The problem is, in that time, people are still combusting. People are still. Right combusting cigarettes and smoking and dying it doesn't end anything now it doesn't right. help smokers now it helps future smokers and i feel like that still doesn't meet the criteria for being a harm reduction product because if you think about a harm reduction product it is a person right. that uses this thing instead of that thing at potentially the same frequency yes but they still get less harm yes very low nicotine isn't that very low nicotine is trying to dissuade you from using it but if you just smoked very low nicotine instead of cigarettes and kept doing it, there's okay. no harm reduction. Yeah, there. I, okay. That you you, very, you make a very compelling argument, and I do see it's that. It's supposed to be a replacement and be less harmful. It is supposed to be harmful. a replacement and be less harmful. That is harm reduction. I don't think very low nicotine is a harm reduction product, I mean, personally. Yeah, it's not. It's a tool, maybe. I feel like it's more like a deterrent than anything else, right? right? right. It's more of a deterrent. It's the difference it's, between that's what it's designed. It's to the be. difference. Okay, so here I'm gonna make a really great bad grim green analogy right now. But it's like so driving, right? If you're driving a car and you get into a collision and your airbags deploy, that is harm reduction. Yes. Because you're still driving. Right. You're still driving. Now, very low nicotine cigarettes are the equivalent of having no airbags, but in the middle of your steering wheel is just a big sharp spike. And that is scaring you and deterring you from even wanting to drive. You get in there, you go, no, I'm going to die if I get in an accident. I don't yeah, even want to drive. That, I don't even yeah. want to drive. I could get don't with even you on drive. that. It's a weird analogy. But it I is a like weird. It kind of works. It kind of works. <laughs> right? I don't even want to drive in the first place. That looks too scary. 
Right, but my, and I think the agreed upon definition of harm reduction is you could literally a one-to-one replacement, one thing for another, and there's less harm. Mm -hmm. You're still Mm -hmm. able to continue doing the thing. Right. That's why I personally believe very low nicotine is not a harm reduction product. It's a deterrent tool. Uh, Yes. Okay. I I agree with that. It's not really a deterrent tool. I mean, it's not really a harm reduction tool. It is a deterrent tool. Right. I will agree with that. But that is, I, I would just, I do find it weird that he pushed that over vaping. It felt to me, and I'm just look at speculation. It's whatever. I'm speculating that that was his big idea, and he wanted to get, squeak it in there, and just have it be a thing. It's been tobacco control's you know, thing for been, a while. Yeah. It's like their idea, and yeah. while it's not all that great of an idea, it's theirs. It's theirs, and so they'll push that above anything that wasn't yeah. their idea. That's my personal t- hot take on that. Yeah, that is a very a- super accurate hot take. Oh, remember needlessly uh, demonizing vaping? Yeah, here's what happens when you go to the California Department of Public Health website. I did have the graphic ready. Nicotine equals brain poison. The tobacco industry profits by hooking kids on flavored nicotine. When the product seems harmless, teen use rises. And nicotine's changes in the brain could be permanent, Danielle. Brain poison. Now, here's the other side of this coin. We're reading this and absorbing it, loving it. Is this going to get to the people that it needs to get to? Is Matt Myers going to read this? Is the American... Heart Association going to read this? Are the tobacco controllers going to read this? Are the LA County Board of Supervisors going to read this? Is it going to get to the right people? I hope so. I hope so too. And if it does, I I want to play fair. I'm willing to come to the table. I'm willing to throw all anything else under the water under the bridge. Let's let's save some smokers' lives. Let's save some smokers' lives, right? If they're willing to like revert their behavior and like, you know, embrace things, yep. I don't care what you did or said, let's talk. Yeah. Cuz it matters more to me. Like that's where I think advocates are different. Our pride, we will throw it out the window if they are finally willing to come yeah. to the table and end this and make it so that these products are available yeah. to everybody. And here's the thing. We don't care. We don't care. I don't even care. I don't even want an apology anymore. I need the no apologies. I need and I don't need I need no apologies. I don't even need an apology. I don't even want a sorry. I just want to, I don't care. Let's just move forward. Yep. Don't even want an apology. I want to wake up in a world where someday maybe I'm unblocked. Like I just wake up and I go on Twitter and it's like I'm unblocked by campaign for tobacco free kids. I'm like, wait, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. I'm about to show you a fake tweet. And this is in my, my vision of the future. This is a fake tweet from campaign for tobacco for kids. I just want to preface this by saying this is fake. This think of like not real. Not real. Don't screenshot this and share it around. Campaign for Tobacco for Kids wakes up to this tweet. E-cigarette products have the potential to help adult smokers. Let's work together to enforce Tobacco 21 laws and make sure our young people are armed with the truth and knowledge of nicotine and tobacco so they can make good decisions and avoid as much harm as possible. Again, fake tweet fake for tweet. anyone just joining. Fake tweet. But could you? that's the world I want to wake up in. That would be amazing. That's the world I want to make up in. And I wouldn't even, and nothing. I would just, we could do this together. I mean, mm-hmm. I would be so proud of Matt Myers, so proud of Campaign for Tobacco oh, for Kids. I want to be Kids. best friends with him. Oh my God, I'd be so proud of them just for coming around. Um, so continuum of risk. This is, a, this, is a, this is a big deal, the continuum of risk. And he's been talking about it. And then he gets to 
what we've been talking about for weeks and weeks now, Cochrane Library. He talks about, well, first he talks about confirmation bias. And when I started reading about like this confirmation bias, I was thinking, oh, this is aimed at us. It's not. It's kind of aimed at tobacco Ants. controllers, like the, the antis. He says that, uh, I believe that opposition to even considering positive scientific findings relate to the premise, uh, relate to the promise of vaping for cessation and harm reduction is widely reinforced by confirmation bias which occurs when we accept data that confirms our belief, right? And we discredit any data, including credible findings that does not conform to what we already think. Yep. And this is something I have to keep myself in check with constantly, constantly every day, because yeah. you're going to, you're going to be hard pressed to find a bigger cheerleader for vaping than grim green. And so right. even when I read bad things, I used to have the tendency to go, Nope, I'm just going to ignore that. But really, I have to I have to be aware of that confirmation bias and read the read the damn study or read the hard yeah. things. And I remember there was a time in 2017 where they were talking about not necessarily the 95% less harmful part, but that 5% of harm, right? Mm -hmm. And as a vapor, I, I want to know about that. Yeah, I want to know what that I is. I want to know about what what's what's in that five percent. What's dancing and there? Can I lower it more? Yeah, and can yeah, exactly. And can I lower it more? And so, I have to keep myself in check with confirmation bias all the time. Everyone does. Every, it's human nature. It's human nature to just want to seek out things that reinforce what you already believe to make you feel right. It's the better. echo chamber. Right. That's what's happened with politics in this country. Uh, Science, uh, you know, yeah. everything. Politics. Like, everyone suffers from confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. And here he is. Cliff's just putting it out there, all pink and naked, like, hey, uh, it appears to me that a lot of us have confirmation bias, especially when there exists credible and growing evidence that e-cigarettes can be used effectively in helping some adult smokers quit combustible tobacco use. And so he mentions the Cochrane, the Cochrane library. And what mm -hmm. is great to me about Cliff Douglas is you remember when we were reading the Cochrane library and we got down there at the end and it said, here's your takeaways. There's moderate certainty evidence, right? Yes. And we were kind of going, that seems so weak, right? Like why, why not use stronger words? Like, We've seen it firsthand. I quit. He quit. They right, quit. Come right, on. Right. Use stronger words. Like we want to tell the public that we have empirical evidence right. that vape, you know, we want stronger words, but to, to, to Cliff Douglas, who's like a science science guy seeing the words, moderate certainty evidence That's to him to was like, <laughs> like mind blowing. Yeah. But he says there is moderate certainty evidence that e-cigarettes with nicotine increase quit rates compared to e-cigarettes without nicotine and compared to NRTs. And I think this is one of those big things. And I knew when we were reading the Cochrane library that it would be the catalyst to a lot of stuff. And I thought this is going to change a lot. And I'm glad to see it's getting to people mm -hmm. like Cliff Douglas who are making these yep. big grand sweeping things. And like I said to him, seeing that moderate certainty was like, Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, this is a big deal now. This is a big right. deal. Because their previous report said, I believe, low certainty low evidence. Low certainty evidence. Yeah. Now they have moderate certainty and evidence. And in my opinion, that language will just keep escalating. Whatever they have in their little tier after moderate, yep. I think the next time they do this review, it's going to be like, 
there is significant certainty evidence or whatever yeah. word they pick. Probably, but I think it's just going to increase. Yeah, it's it is only going to increase, and I you know I think we're going to see it sooner rather than later because now that the Cochrane is like. Uh, pardon me. That was gross. Onto this and hip to this. And they're doing those like monthly updates. Yeah. No, they're updating way more frequently. Cochrane tobacco addiction group, just month after month after month. We're, we're only going to see this. Uh, we're only going to see this, this rise. We're only going to see this. Uh, we're only going to see this rise. So, um, he gets down here kind of to the end. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. This is an incredible document. Uh, everybody please read this. Please read it and share it and read it again and read it again and read it again. And he does this thing where he's like, the bottom line is this, right? And then there's like six more paragraphs. Yeah. <laughs> but he does say, the bottom line is this. Where is the robust focus on people who are suffering now and will die in their lifetime because they haven't been given due consideration or have not been told the truth by those that should be telling them the truth about the continuum of risk? And the fact that nicotine does not cause smoking-related illness and death. I'm I'm trying to be the robust focus. <laughs> we're, right. we're trying as best we can, right? Like vape YouTubers, I feel like that is helping. That's kind of the robust focus, but it's comparing, you know, a, a, an actual grassroots kind of movement to like literal millions of dollars and campaign for tobacco-free kids millions of dollars. Um, he talks about uh, low smoking prevalence and that this is clearly a social justice issue, which I yep. absolutely agree with. Uh, when you consider yep. that mental health comorbidities, he mentioned that earlier, where mental health comorbidities um, make up 25% of the U.S. population, but they consume 40% of the cigarettes manufactured. Yep. No questions asked. This is absolutely absolutely a social justice issue. He says mainstream public health in the U S has effectively characterized vaping as just another version of tobacco use. Where have we seen that before? Yeah, the seriously. real cost. Look at that. Just another, just another, you know, just another version of tobacco use nuance matters. And even Scott Gottlieb has said in the past, like we have nomenclature and terminology for a reason Right. You can't just say blanket tobacco use or like CDC right. with Evoli. Stop vaping. Okay. That helps nobody. No. That helps nobody. Um, he talks about his, I mean, really his like disgust that cigarettes are poised to have their best performance volume since 2015. It's true. Yeah. Best. And he's, I mean, he's outraged at this. It, it's oh, look, and I agree with them. It's completely unacceptable. And he really hypercritical of Ivali. He spends a lot of time. And he has a personal connection to that, right? Did you read that? Yes, part? yes. I wanted to read this personal connection he has to Ivali. And I wanted to read. He's hypercritical of Ivali. He's hypercritical of the way that CDC handled Ivali, the name right. even that they used for right. it. And he says in here, to be clear, e-volley is caused by vitamin E acetate added to illicit THC vaping products. Vitamin E acetate has never been found in a nicotine e-cigarette, but the very name given to this disease confusingly attributes it to e-cigarettes. Hyper, yeah, hyper critical of e-volley. And so she does, uh, he does share a story about uh, his own young adult niece 
who was vaping during this time of Ivali. Um, He's, to, quit smoking. to quit smoking. He says conflation in news reports and shading by some public health organizations and advocates of the distinctions between youth vaping and lethal vaping episodes linked to THC and vitamin E acetate in day in in get in gen engendered engendered. Whoa. Yes. Hi, there's another word I've never heard before. Engendered. It's like it, it caused, it, it created, it led to. It led to widespread fear, leading some people, like we all warned, back to cigarette smoking. He says, my own young adult niece, having previously switched to Juul after years of smoking cigarettes, returned to smoking because she said she was afraid that her Juul might kill her. Her boyfriend did the same thing. It did not matter that Juul and e-cigarettes in general were not implicated in the rash of lung injuries. The alarming headlines connecting the injuries to e-cigarettes stoked broad alarm. Unreal. His mm -hmm. own adult niece who had quit combustion yep. was went back. went back because of the way that Evoli was handled. So yeah, of course he's mad. Of course he's angry. Uh, he goes on to talk about, uh, you know, Ivali and people coming to the complete wrong conclusions about Ivali and percentages of people who think that Jewel was somehow evolved, uh, you know, involved in Ivali. And here's where I'm just. That is completely at the feet of CDC. Like completely, 100% their fault. Completely their fault. And like a few months later, they just threw a party and like congratulated themselves on how well they handled it. Yeah. Like they're all patting um, their director on the back going, good job, great with Ivali, you know. What? I'm going to throat punch some people. Uh, yeah, we're going to start throwing some hate. No, I never condone violence. Look, it's a metaphorical throat punch, okay? Yeah, it's a, it, I say it the way that um, Philip DeFranco says it. Like, it's just a... Right. I just want to be real mad. At yeah. Him. I don't I wanna actually want to hit anybody. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I'd do a terrible job at that. I'd probably hurt my hand. Yeah, I, I definitely would. Uh, yeah. Definitely would. Uh, Not real violence, hand. just like figurative violence. Meta yeah, exactly. Figurative violence figurative violence and so he's talking about 28 percent correctly attributed evoli deaths to the use of devices with adulterated thc and uh, there's like three more paragraphs and i'm just going to read this thing and take it out because it's awesome he says when i recently forwarded an email that characterized the resurgence of cigarette sales in the u.s as an improved sales trend for the cigarette industry based on reporting from wall street analysis and industry data showing a significant flattening of a previously precipitous decline in sales a tobacco control leader whom i know well pushed back and argued that cigarette sales were still down but that said nothing about the fact and this was the main point that the cigarette market is now in a much stronger position than expected. And this is at least partly a consequence of the wholesale demonization of e-cigarettes in the interest of protecting youth without regard to the larger consequences for addicted adult smokers. Fat preach. preach facts for which I was simply a messenger Facts for which I was simply a messenger threatened the narrative against e-cigarettes, an inconvenient truth suggesting that efforts to marginalize or even eradicate e-cigarettes in order to protect kids is now leading to more smoking than otherwise would have occurred. The right answer 
to this is not to don blinders and insert earplugs. Rather, it calls for a thoughtful reassessment of the goals, priorities, and messaging of the smoking control campaign. We must. Sorry, I just get too excited. I know I'm interrupting you, I but know. I'm just so happy. I, w- I want to do the same thing. We must find a way to collaborate with integrity. That includes all of us. I encourage both my communities to join hands across an ideological divide to pursue our common cause of combating illness and saving lives by preventing all tobacco use by young people and helping adult smokers quit smoking. People who smoke should not have to die because they did not know they have less harmful sources of nicotine. I just got Oh my God, yes! USA, USA. I don't know why I wanted to start chanting that. Cliff Douglas isn't a good chant because it's too many weird syllables. Cliff Douglas. Cliff, Cliff Douglas. Douglas. Or you can just Cliff, 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 Cliff. You know, just start speeding up. Cliff, Cliff, yeah, Cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, until he comes out on stage. You know, pyro. I don't know. Yeah. That's how I imagine the e-cigarette summit. That's how I imagine it looks like. It's just like <laughs> it's just like WWE. <laughs> It's like Cliff Douglas. He just comes walking insane. down to the stage, you know, pyro's going off. ACDC or something's playing, you know. Right. Damn. Anyway. Matt Myers pops Matt up. Matt Myers. Like, ah! yeah, and they like throw chairs at each other. It's the whole thing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. I took it in another direction. This is an inc- no, incredible. No, we want to work with Matt Myers. We want to work with Matt Myers. I know. We want to be friends with Matt Myers. I don't even want an apology. I just want a course correction. And damn it, let's just do the damn thing. Let's promote, let's keep vaping absolutely away from youths. And I do also take one slight other little gripe at the end here. And I posted this on Twitter when he says, by preventing all tobacco use by young people, I, I admire that sort of optimism, but that is, I feel just not a realistic uh, goal to have. Preventing all tobacco use by young people. I mean, Try no. to get all get young people to, to do like want anything. Five, below sure. 5%, below 10%. Absolutely. I call that a win. Yeah. Because you're always going to have some people that want to do some things right. that are not good for them or that are rebellious or whatever. Kids if we can keep that number below 10%, As low as opinion, possible. As low as possible. Yeah, I would like sure. that. I would like just that little change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email him about those edits I have to his... Uh, <laughs> His document. But if we could just make those two little changes. Yeah. Shirking and then preventing as much tobacco use as possible. Like prevent, like I'm trying to think of a way to word it and I worded it oddly on Twitter, but it's like educate young people and like prevent as much harm as possible by their inevitable curiosity of adult products. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Prevent as much harm As as possible. Let's stop trying to control people. Yes. Let's just give them ways to be safe. Give them ways to be safe. You don't say don't ride the motorcycle. You say if you're going to ride the motorcycle, wear a helmet. Please wear a helmet. Right. And also those skid clothing. And if you don't want to, then the then that's up to you. That's between you and your uh, motorcycle, which is the same way. Like I don't, I'm not a prohibitionist in that I don't want cigarettes or menthol cigarettes banned in any way. I I, I want all the options on the table. Give the consumers all the options. This is uh, one of the best things I've ever read easily of the year, maybe of the last few years. If you don't understand like the gravity behind this, Clifford E. Douglas is a huge deal in the tobacco control 
space. We listed off his, you know, his credentials earlier and he has a big deal with a big voice and a lot of influence and a lot of power. And, and I'm hoping that all of the people listen and I'm hoping that the right people listen. I want, I want I, the correct to. people to listen and really like, I don't know, read it the way that I read it, read it as like, right. I just was nodding the whole time. I'm like, yeah, yep. Water under the bridge. Let's come on, Matt Myers. Let's, we can do this. Like we can Let's do this. Matt Myers. I'll shake Matt Myers. Let's Matt Myers. More than that. I want to. I'm here. I'm here. Let's have the discussion. Let's absolutely keep vaping away from kids. No questions asked. No questions asked. I'm so on board with that. But we have to preserve it for adults. But we have to preserve it for adults because prohibition doesn't work. Hi. No. That's ultimately what this comes down to is you can't just. And what we all want to do is save lives. All we want to do is save goal. lives. And you don't save lives by prohibition. That just makes things generally more dangerous. I mean, yes. I only have alcohol and drugs and opiates drugs. and things to go on. But from what I've seen, I feel like the war on drugs was not successful when you criminalize things. Tells us. Yeah. Studies show. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. Like that's... Uh, that's what I had. Just what a big paper. What a big thing. Uh, I said this in the thumbnail. I said the times are changing or something like that. Mm -hmm. This article, this whatever, really like changed something in me. I feel like it's invigorating. Oh, it is. It's a little bit invigorating, right? I can kind of feel. And it's like stuff's not going to change tomorrow, right? The band, starting. the pack act right. isn't going to not happen. And but. If we can get, and that's one of the things that Kassaw, you know, Kassaw wrote up a blog post, mm -hmm. and I think we'll put the link in the description, um, sort of, you know, Alex's kind of thoughts oh, yes, about this, yes. pointing out some other things, you know, and one of um, the things that he talked about was that, like, you know, this is really important, but also if there are other tobacco control people, public health people, doctors, researchers who feel this way, they need to speak out too. Yes. We need to see more of these pieces mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. this this is how a change starts, you guys. We're at like the ground level yes, right now. Like, don't get me wrong. Vaping's not going to be safe tomorrow. But this is how change starts. We're seeing it, the tiny little spark at the beginning. Tiny little and we fragments. Need this to turn into a flood, right? Yep. We need to work together. We need everyone to be in agreement. And this is like a little flash of like how amazing the world could be yes how amazing you know the world I mean? can be if we can just look get over the past let's stop this inter cbd war inter nessine damn it someday someday cliff i'm gonna learn that word so hard, you guys. i did internecine internecine i kept saying it over and over internecine Internecine. Internecine. Yeah, I want to see it go away. Ultimately, I want like, I want, I want a future of a grim green YouTube where Tuesday Bro Tuesday or this stream doesn't really even need to exist. You know, because right. there's no bans, there's no flavor bans, there's no nothing. There's vape no shops are in hospitals. vape shops are in hospitals. There's no calls to actions. There's no nothing. I look forward to a time when that is the case. Ultimately, yeah. All you can do is review products. That's yeah. it. That's all you'd be good That's for. That's all I'm good for. That's all I'm good for. No, no, come on. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Let me get to those uh, super chats. I saw Johnny in there. I'll call the White House every day to voice my displeasure with the vape mail ban. Why aren't there more calls to action to blow up the phone lines? 
Why aren't there so? Why aren't there? Uh, I think they, in order to have a, a an effective call to action, it just needs to be at an, a, an effective time. And I feel like right now might not be also, the best time the to like is, melt though, the phone like, lines. This, this is an act that was passed by Congress. Yeah. Like it, it's a law now. And if you know anything about American history and laws, they're really difficult mm -hmm. to undo. This is why yeah. Kassaw had a call to action about this for a year mm -hmm. before it passed because we knew that this was bad. So you guys, now that it is officially signed into law, it's going to be 8,000 more times work to get it undone. Right. Like calling the white house, like Biden can't just like sign a paper yep. and get rid of this. You guys, like that's not how this you works. You have to use this is effective. like super glue. Yes. Like once it goes in, you're kind of you know, stuck with it for a minute. Like, could it ever be undone? Yes, sure, sure, but sure. it's not going to happen right now. And, you know, blowing up Biden's phone is not going to yeah. like, that's why the CASA call to action for the USPS comment period also included a way for you to contact your congressional, because if anybody can reverse it through another act of Congress, it Congress. would be Congress. Yeah. So you will have better luck getting upset with your representatives than with the president who can't really do anything about yeah, this. The melting the phone lines exactly isn't going to be an effective way to initiate any sort of change. And it's the same thing I see like, and, and people, everybody, a lot of people are trying to help and everybody's trying to help, but not everything is going to be super effective. And I see on Twitter, uh, there's like a petition going around useless. Don't, I mean, you can sign it if you want to. Oh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean shit. I have, in my 12 years of doing this, I have signed, I don't know, a few hundred petitions. A few of them went to the White House. We got over 100,000 signatures on a few of the petitions. And you know what happened? Zero. Nothing. It doesn't affect anything. It doesn't affect any change. It's honestly just a time waster. You'd be better off taking that time that you spent signing the petition, just calling your congressman or calling your representative. Or going to visit them in person. And yeah. Get a meeting. Get a meeting. Like, that would That's be, a show know, of force. That's a boss move right there. I get a little frustrated because, you know, I love the vape community, but it kind of feels like people right now want just some like quick easy way to undo this right. and you guys it just doesn't exist have another rally like, no. i'm really sorry to have to be the person to tell you this but there's no you can't just melt the phones and make this go away you can't just send one call to action it's written into law now so it's going to be a long battle yep. to try to deal with this and we're still going to do it but you know just randomly and calling the white house right now is not going to help yeah and, and he brings up a good point though like we have like that worked previously, right? When we had under the uh, previous administration in 2019, we did that. We melted the phone lines and it was a pretty, when it was proposed, right? When it was proposed and it was like a pretty effective thing. What, right. what's to stop us from organizing any sort of like, uh, you know, someone had left a comment, comment about Scientology faxing things to the IRS. What, why can't we fax, uh, the whole Royal college of physicians report page by page to, legislators or to the oh, FDA or to, I mean, I think that would be incredibly effective if we faxed I mean, science directly to these people just over and over and over and over Kassau, again. Yeah. Several of Kassau's call to actions have included a fax thing. We unfortunately have to pay for it, but it's part of the, you know, if they won't accept it through email, it'll go through fax. So right. absolutely contacting your representatives in Congress, especially at the federal level, you guys, because this isn't a state issue. It's a federal issue. Mm -hmm. Your federal congressional representatives are who need to be, yep. you know, 
you you're yelling at or calling or melting phone lines or sending emails like that's where the white house can't help us right now it nope. needs to be your federal rep yep falc youtube unpopular opinion oh it's not going to be an unpopular opinion here if an adult wants to pick up vaping regardless of whether or not they currently smoke that is their own business yeah you will not find someone who agrees with you more than grim green uh i, I think if you're a free adult american uh in the united states you have the freedom to do a lot of a really dumb stuff. You can smoke cigarettes. You can drink alcohol. You can uh, smoke all sorts of recreational drugs and uh, substances. You could you could take your entire paycheck to a casino and just gamble it all in, in one, one swing. Welcome to America. If an adult wants to make decisions for themselves, that is absolutely their own business. Hundy P., uh, anti-vaping propaganda is brain poison. Yeah, it really is. And that, see, that makes me think of, it's going to be a long process of like turning the ship of tobacco controllers, like this big wheel. I picture like, okay, here we go. Tobacco controllers. And then like, but the public is going to be the final, like huge hurdle. I think, unless we can do it simultaneously with policy, Right. Changing the public opinion, that's going to be like the, hi, I know like for years we told you that nicotine was brain poison. It's not. Sorry. Like, how are they going to course correct this? I mean, they've done it before, right? The same thing happened with cigarettes. Before it was like, your doctor recommends right. Marlboro sure. brand now, for sorry. your anxiety. Yeah. And now, it's, no, it's going to kill you. But this is like Don't. a completely different thing. This isn't like, we thought something was harmless and it turns out it's really bad. It's like, we told you something was harmless and it turns out it's not as harmless. That's like a whole other can of worms that it'll just, it it's is. just going to be real interesting to see it, uh, to see it kind of pan out there. Uh, got one last super chat here from Salted Jewels. Uh, you know what is literally brain poison? Alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol is actually brain poison, uh, liver poison. You, you know why you get drunk? Because you drink so much alcohol, your liver goes, I give up. I can't process this much. I'm just going to put the alcohol into your bloodstream. That's why you feel drunk. It goes right to your brain. You're basically punishing your body every time you want to get drunk. Every time. How much liquor can you take? Liver? I'm going to feed you way more than you need. It's no different than like fattening up a goose to get uh, foie gras or something like a real fat goose liver. Same thing. You're just poisoning yourself. Totally cool though. Totally legal in a lot of flavors all over the place. All over the place. Youths binge drinking. What are you talking about? There's a vape epidemic we have to worry about. Okay, so I think that's going to... Um, yeah, dude. I think that's going again and go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, appreciate you guys all coming out. I'll have some links down in the description to quite literally everything I talked about, including calls to action for CASA, including rights for vapors up there in Canada. And absolutely, the, uh, it's the Cliff Douglas manifesto of harm reduction. And I want to share it everywhere. And I want you guys to read it and share it everywhere and post it on Twitter. Give Cliff Douglas a follow on Twitter. I did because... I'm excited. Do it. Like, I'm yeah. excited to see where this goes. Like, I want to get this guy's attention. I want to talk to him. And uh, anyway, I'll have links down in the description. So thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you for being down for the cause. Um, it's going to be a long road, and we knew that going in. And, and this is where we're at, and we're making the best of what we can. But uh, I feel things changing. It feels different. There's something different after reading this. I'm kind of thinking, all right. 
All right. This feels different. Something's changing, and I and I think it's uh, I, I think it's changing uh, for the better. Kennedy, I'm glad I'm glad you survived there, Kennedy. Appreciate that. <laughs> glad you survived. Stop punishing your Kennedy, your your your, your liver, bro. It's, it's not a good way to fly. Um, so. There we go. Let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Remember, no matter what anybody tells you, vaping is way better than combusting tobacco cigarettes. Like way better. If you're a smoker, just please switch right now without hesitation. Go get a minty jewel and switch right now. Um, thank you to Danielle Jones, my far left fact checker for being here. Thank you to the Tuesday bro, Newsday crew, the TBN crew, uh, uh, all, all you guys out there, all the, all the members of the TBN fan club. Just kidding. That's not a thing. We have a fan no, club. No, we don't. We don't. We don't have a fan club. I was just, uh, you know, I was going to say what? No, why would, why on earth would we have a fan club? We don't need a fan club. Appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much for watching everybody. Uh, and, uh, as always, yeah, let's just, uh, Let's keep on vaping like our lives depend on it because they kind of do. Peace, everybody.